coming to you live from the Business Radio X studio. It's Franchise Marketing Radio, brought to you by IDS, an award-winning digital marketing agency that delivers integrated marketing solutions for franchisers, franchisees, and franchise development teams. Learn why over 75 brands depend on IDS's team of dedicated marketers and client service professionals to deliver a strong ROI on their marketing investment. Go to IDSFranchiseMarketing.com for a complimentary digital audit and consultation. Welcome back, everybody, to Franchise Marketing Radio. I'm your host, Rob Ganley, and this is the show where we bring you inspiring conversations with industry leaders and franchise experts. And today is truly absolutely no different. I have Wayne Scherger. He is the COO of Fresh Coat Painters, and they're a renowned franchise brand, uh, brand known for exceptional painting services. Wayne, it's welcome to the show. Thank you for being here. Well, first off, thanks for having me. I appreciate the time. You got it. You got it. Well, listen, we'll dive right in. And I know we, we enjoyed a little pre-conversation, so this is going to be fun. But tell me first a little bit about you, your background. You have quite a, a, an extensive franchise background. And let's talk a little bit about your vision here for Fresh Code as COO and where you're, where you're going to be taking things. Okay. We'll start with the history. So back in the early 80s, I was still in college. And I'm originally from Canada. Calgary was where I was pretty much raised. And there was a system in Canada called College Pro Painters, which was essentially the very first franchise painting company in the world. And so I was a student franchisee. You would sign a one-year contract. And I did it for three seasons, two years residentially in Calgary and one year commercially in uh, Vancouver, British Columbia, and learned all the systems and processes that were at that time, very cutting edge, but you know they those same systems and processes work today. They just they've been updated with technology and you know scripting and a variety of things. I went to work for the franchisor at that point, so I learned sort of all aspects of recruiting, training, recruiting, supporting. Uh, you know that was in Toronto. They transferred me to Boston, and I worked in the New England department or division there. And in uh, essentially 1990, they wanted to come up with a more of a year-round non-student business. And I was on the development team of uh, Serta Pro Painters. So the very first owners that ever came out of Serta Pro were under myself. And I did that for a few years. And I'm too entrepreneurial. So I, I started my own. It was called ProTech Painters. And I operated that till 2009 and sold that to a business called Service Brands International, which owned Molly Made, Mr. Handyman, 1-800-DRY-CLEAN. So I was able to you know, exit at that point. And then I started executive coaching with CEOs kind of around the world uh, or different locations and helping them with you know leadership development, strategic planning, all that sort of stuff's right up my alley. And I also do a, a peer group called Peer Group Forums that is... Uh, it's a small business where I get uh, CEOs or COOs together in meetings and you know discuss all sorts of issues that are going on in their business. But I ended up sort of at the door of uh, Fresh Coat where I saw a business that, funny, many, many, many years ago, 2004, I tried to acquire. And uh, nothing happened with that lead, but I always knew a Fresh Coat. I knew that they were, uh, they had some size. Uh, so that was interesting. They had a big enough footprint. I, I looked at them like a sleeping giant and I went, if I got, 
got into that business and could add a little energy and, you know, uh, newer systems and processes a little outside of what they've got, uh, watch us flourish. And that's sort of where we're at uh, today. So number of months in and uh, implementing a number of things, uh, hopefully all for the good. Uh, to watch uh, Fresh Coat grow. So one of my initiatives is to get uh, Fresh Coat to $100 million. Uh, we're not there quite there yet, but hopefully within the next two or three years, we hit that uh, revenue threshold. Gotcha. Well, I, and I, I think I, uh, I think I, I read somewhere you have a name for for your approach of growth called the double double. So I think you you're kind of referring to sort of that approach. And before you you answer uh, my question, I just wanted to say that. Um, your uh, uh, your background is is extensive, and uh, uh, clearly, like I said, I was telling you earlier, when you have all those angles where you've worked from from the franchisee perspective, the franchisor perspective, the coach perspective, it's like wow, like you see every angle, and it really makes you uh, makes you pretty powerful in what you can yeah. do. And I also thought, as a marketer, like when I see a really awesome product that's not quite marketed well, but people love it, <laughs> that's kind of like. What I think of when you were saying, man, I see so much potential. What an amazing brand. I'd love to put my my recipe to that. So anyway, I can see what you mean. Anyway, tell tell me a little bit more about the double double and and your your approach to growth. Yeah, that's a it's just I didn't I use the term uh you know the, the term R and D. Uh so Rob, if I threw the term R and D at you, what does it stand for? For me, it would be research and development. That's what I know. Okay. And uh, it's otherwise referred to as rip off and duplicate. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, okay. So we, I don't, I'm not always the inventor. Well, I like, and I like, I do R&D, by the way. Okay. Gotcha. I, I'm an R&D guy. All right. Okay. So yeah. I'm not always the inventor of all the, the, the <laughs> systems and processes. I see them. I see them work. And I'm like, I want to, I believe in that. So yeah. Uh, that double double is really doubling your business in three years and less uh, revenues and profits. Uh, so it's simply 26% growth three years in a row. So a half million dollar business, uh, 26%, 26%, 26% was in a buck or two of a million. So that's the, that's the, um, that's the program. It's not always about generating more calls. It's actually about adding headcount, uh, to your business and scaling. Uh, so, you know, moving, uh, and I, I like to re I, I have a graph that I call the journey and it's just kind of a dots on a, on an ascending line and dots are certain revenue targets or, uh, people. And, uh, so as you ascend up the, the journey, uh, dot to dot to dot, you're adding headcount, which would be, you know, in our business kind of territory managers or estimators or production people, or maybe a part-time, um, uh, admin person. So you're adding headcount and the, your business is worth more when you're further away from the line. Uh, so it's not Rob doing all the work. Rob has a team or a staff. So to get to, to hit those, uh, different journey dots, that's, that's growth. That's the double double. Um, uh, it's really difficult to do it if you're just a single person business, kind of a chuck in a truck and you're not prepared to bring on, um, you know, people either in sales and marketing or production, it's a, it's a tough, that's, that's a tough way to grow. It's a real grind. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's uh well, you know, and I can relate to that in, in the R and D that's funny. Yeah. I, I think, uh, well, if you're good at what you do in this world, that's all that there's so much information. If you can distill what, what will help your business and, and implement it, that's, that's the key. Yeah. So that was, that's very interesting approach. 
Um, so tell me, you know, you obviously looked at the business and you knew about it for a while. You, you actually, I didn't realize you you thought about acquiring it. Um, so obviously, there were things about it you really liked. And then over the years, it's evolved and now grown. Uh, and here you are. So you said, you know, I, I kind of saw this as a sleeping giant, I think you said. And but tell me a little bit. So there must. So tell me a little bit about the unique qualities and uh, the value propositions of fresh coat painters, and how do you go about communicating that to the potential franchisees and or customers? Yeah. Well, I'll talk franchisee. So that's uh, franchise development. So we have owners in markets that uh, I was never really able to get to myself running my own business. My own so business. we've made some penetration into some good markets, Texas specifically. Uh, we've got a fair amount of owners. I think we have close to 19 or 20 owners in Texas um, and just other markets across the, the, the country, the Chicago area. So I saw, uh, you know, most franchisors want to go to some bigger cities and we are part of that as well. So we have some penetration there. There's obviously some states in the country that are on the non-desirable side. It's just, you could recruit somebody, but it's difficult to <clears throat> support somebody who may be in South Dakota. All right. It's an expensive way to get there. And if you only got one unit, so we don't put a lot of emphasis, <clears throat> pardon me, on that. Um, and we have some owners that are really doing well in, in these markets as well. So that is an attraction. So uh, we focus a lot on uh, validation with them. So if a new prospect in those markets uh, is looking to join Fresh Coat, we obviously uh, have them speak to, uh, you know, not necessarily we just don't pick, you know, the top ones to speak to, but uh, really essentially anybody. And, um, you know, the, the, the typical franchisee is, you know, I, I use the term duck and I learned this term, uh, probably 40 years ago, working for college pro painters, we were recruiting students on campus to be franchisees. So it was like getting on campus and shooting a shotgun and seeing what we could hit. So we were looking for the duck. Well, what's the, the duck is, you know, it's a certain age. It's a certain, not necessarily, uh, uh, um, gender, but you know, what do they have in their background, uh, that would make them a, a good candidate to be a franchisee? Leadership is one for sure. Uh, organizational skills, tenacity, um, you know, goal oriented, uh, introspection because they can see their contribution in past successes or failures and just the ability to endure. It, it's not always easy. So you got to endure the short term pain, uh, on a daily or weekly or monthly or in some cases yearly. Man, you could have a, a down year, but just keep, uh, fighting forward. So, you know, those are the type of candidates that we're looking for. And we've got a great number of owners in our system that have those specific uh traits yeah yeah now that's important it's it so that you said duck right that's what yeah, you were duck. saying earlier so, like kind of like walks like a duck yeah, walks yeah, like a duck, duck idea there's a lot of a lot of uh things that go along with that but you know it's easy you, you can't always tell right you can't tell a book uh or a book by its cover you got to go through a nice interview and selection process to see is this a good candidate there's a lot of people that want to buy a business but they're probably not, they may be financially not prepared to do so, but if they don't have those skills, leadership specifically, it, it'll be a struggle. And, and that's not unique to Fresh Coat as well. It's, it would be, you know, any other, really any other franchise system, uh, retail or, or home services. Gotcha. Gotcha. Excellent. Excellent. Well, um, it, that is key because if, if you have the right people, right, and uh, you can build that momentum with the right people, 
then it makes it a heck of a lot easier to keep doing that, right? Versus you have problems everywhere and it's not a fit, right? And, and no one wants that. And that's what I love about franchising in general. Um, so let me ask you this. Um, I, I what We talked earlier before we, we started the show a little bit about technology, right? And I know a big part of what you do is operations, obviously. You've done it all, but you're, you're focused a lot on operations right now. And so tell me a little bit about how technology is playing in that role and uh, any any you know, innovations or advancements that you see playing a role in helping you uh, in, in the, the areas of operations and training and, and different ways that you're doing things. Yeah, well, let's turn the clock back a number of decades. And uh, there was no technology. There was no cell phones. We had a pager. Uh, that was about the extent of our technology. No websites, uh, no email addresses. Uh, essentially zero technology. So everything was done on a piece of paper with a pencil and a pen and uh, everything was handwritten. And to be honest with you, th that old school approach uh, still works today, but technology has found its way into estimating uh, how you, how you present a proposal, uh, you know, uh, just different technologies for, you know, now then we were doing uh, estimates in the field and printing it off. We had a mobile office sitting beside you with your laptop and you'd print off the proposal. And I thought, well, what a concept that is. That's different than handwriting a three, three part NCR <laughs> proposal uh, where you, your hand would be tired. I'm writing the same thing, every proposal. And then, wow, okay, we create templates. So that technology's uh, come on. And then, um, more marketing related, the, the, you know, the, the digital marketing has, uh, you know, overcome anything print related by a long shot. So, you know, 30 years ago, direct mail was the one and only real tactic, you know, more localized stuff. Yeah. Uh, you could drop, uh, you'd get 1% redemption, 30,000 pieces of mail, generate you 300 calls in six weeks. Well, that that now it's one tenth of one percent, not one percent. Uh, so that tactic still has some some value. Uh, training, uh, so video training uh, with sales sales techniques. So we have a uh, you know a fairly defined uh, sales accelerator program uh, to teach uh, owners of how to uh, present. Uh, training is yeah. There's, there's just so many applications of techno databases. Web-based um, uh, intranet sites, uh, 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 places of um, learning management systems that owners can log in and view things that used to come in a binder. Now they're all online. You, there's no no need for a binder anymore. With uh, you know, every year we'd come up with a new updated uh, chapter, and uh, so you know, we'd send it out, and they'd have to. Who knows whatever happened? Right. <laughs> Did the binder even get out of your initial box? You got a training, right? Or I'd go visit exactly. an owner and I'd see a, you know, I'd see a box of the, you know, they've been in business for five years and the binder never made it out of the box. So it's still taped shut. <laughs> shrink wrapped. Yeah. Like yeah, still that, shrink wrapped. So, you know, technology uh, has really, uh, well, it's come uh, just miles. Uh, you know, I, I like to look at things like when the, the year 1900, what was technology or even uh, industry, uh, industrial anything, right? So the phone, the car, running water, electricity, you know, within a 20, 30 year period. Well, our, my 20, 30, 40 year period has seen tremendous change with the use of technology. What you and I are doing right now didn't exist then, right? I, I couldn't, oh, I, didn't, no. I didn't have a, 
a screen or a webcam or a microphone or, or, or I, I didn't have anything. I so yeah. and and then how people had to adapt to it fairly quickly. If you know if you couldn't, you know it, it still exists today. Maybe with the more elderly, it's learning the the keyboard, right, a QWERTY keyboard, and how to write and send an email. Uh, still a little bit, but you know, thirty years ago, I didn't know how to do it. I, I had no, yeah. you know. Uh, so anyway, technology. Yeah. You you better embrace it because uh, it's not going away. And every day something new is coming. We talk about you know on our tactical meetings every week, and with my coaches, we talk about technologies all the time, and how they're you know just the ability to in, insert a picture into our proposal so the customer can see maybe a before, so that we're talking about this. Any of that stuff was not existent uh, many many years ago. Yeah, yeah. You had made a comment earlier. Uh, I thought it was just a great way to, to say it very succinctly that you said, if we're growing slower internally technologically than, than outside, then there might be, there might be an issue, right? Like, yeah. and, and then I said, you know, it's really about moving the levers though, right? It's, it's more about what is, like you said, with uh, proposals. So if I, I'm not closing as many deals as I think I can, well, what can we do to improve? Well, we could do a better looking proposal help people understand the value better. What could we do to do that? Well, there's this technology that could do this image or whatever, and it's real quick. And and so like it, it, it's like learning to zero in on what lever you're trying to influence with technology. And, and that's the key. But then the other challenge you mentioned is the integration part, right? So if you, you, you figure all these things, all these tools and ideas, you know, and you, you start to use things and you're like, well, how, they can, how can they work together? And that, yeah, you were telling me a little earlier about that, but tell me a little more how you approach trying to keep everything uniform uh, as far as the operations go, as far as technology. Yeah, well, you you, you got to be mindful of what you're bringing into the system initially. Uh, remember, you're, and that's kind of what my role is. I'm a little bit more of the mad scientist where I need to be a few months ahead of where we're really at. Uh, I, I still have operational re, uh, responsibilities today, but I need to be a little bit out in front, usually six months. So I'm, I'm always looking at uh, a few new concepts, techniques or technologies, uh, screen capture software for, uh, you know, nothing beats sitting at the kitchen table or dining room table with a homeowner presenting your proposal and price. Um, I think during COVID, uh, you know, people got away from that quite a bit and was more email estimate. Well, there's no real face-to-face. It's good to see you, Rob, So, all right, versus a phone call. Um, so there's there's techniques and softwares out there that would be uh, applicable to use for that uh, to help with your close rates. Um, you know, video stuff. Video is the most impactful thing out there. It's why uh, YouTube's an number two search engine. Uh, so there's products um, that are video email. And uh, we use those for uh, pre-positioning. So before we even get to the home, I would be calling Rob and say, Rob, it's Wayne with Fresh Coat. Uh, just, and you see me, uh, even though I said I got a face for radio. Uh, you know, I, I understand we have a, a call or an appointment at 11 o'clock on Friday, just calling to confirm uh, the, the address and you could see who I am. And here's my phone number. Uh, I'll give you uh, you know, kind of a 10 second uh, thing of what you could expect when I get there. So you're understanding what the process looks like. So just to the different techniques, uh, and, and strategies and softwares that are, you know, or, or technologies that are out there 
that uh, we'll try. Uh, we'll implement them with a few people initially, see what the results are and how well it integrates and ad- ad- adaption, and then roll those out. So, uh, yeah. moving a you know 150 unit business is a bit like driving uh, you know a big ship. Uh, you don't mm-hmm. make turns, you know, like a rowboat. Um, mm-hmm. So it d- does take a little bit of time to get, you know, something built out into the system and used. You know, then yeah, we'll no. initiate it in training. So any new owners coming through training have got the new, you know, business in a box uh, sort of concept. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, everything you just said is, well, you know, you and your team probably make it look a lot easier uh, in practice. But like as a franchise owner, you don't have to worry about that. <laughs> you just focus on your your core business. We'll take care of all these things that you well, can now use and be more efficient. But it would, you know, it's very difficult to do on your own as a small business to, to well, even think about innovation. You know, this always comes to mind. Uh, I didn't create this term, so it's another one that I've stolen from somebody else. Uh, I, there's two words really that are applicable in franchising. Uh, entrepreneurs and intrapreneurs. We're not looking for entrepreneurs. Uh, that's kind of me, right? I'm the mad yeah. scientist. Let me figure out all this stuff. You just bolt on to what systems we have and and just you know run with those. Uh, just you know, don't try to recreate the wheel. Don't spend too much money or any money or time or resources on recreating something. We've probably already got it or had it or you know thought of it. So. Uh, the entrepreneur is really what we're looking for as, you know, part of the duck. Yeah, 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 exactly. Part of the duck, exactly. No, And I've heard that many times and learned that as I've learned the franchise industry over the years. But that is very, very important. Uh, so you were talking about scaling earlier. You're talking about, we were talking about the double-double, right? Yep. Um, and I know part of that, and I think we had talked before the show, but part of that is about it, about staffing and and about the lo- obviously unit level uh, revenues and and success and part of that is staffing obviously to scale the business. Tell me a little bit about your approach to helping franchisees do that effectively. I know obviously hiring you know good people, skilled painters, uh, things like that is is obviously again another thing that if you if you don't have a background in the business that's that's kind of hard. But if you have a franchisor, kind of. Figuring that out for you, you kind of just implement what's there. But tell me a little bit of how that works. How do you help them do that and scale? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, uh, Fresh Coat is is really a sales and marketing business. Uh, you know, depending on the state we're in, uh, you know, certain states, California, example, won't doesn't allow subcontractor model. So, but we we're kind of a 50-50 kind of a hybrid where owners will have both uh subcontractors and uh staff, uh employees, painters. Uh so the the whole thing to teach growth is to change their mindset of uh kind of grind this out one job at a time versus there's other people out there that can do, you know, I kind of use the 82% thing. If they can do it 82% as well as me, they're got, they got the job. Uh, so I would be recruiting people to do estimating or production, uh, mostly estimating, and drive your revenues. And then, uh, you know, now the other side of the coin is production. How am I going to get it done? So that's your model of I got to continually, you know, even uh, – Production is very much like client marketing. It's ongoing and consistent. You got to consistently be looking for people. If you're just satisfied with your with a your your team, uh, and one crew leaves and you don't replace them, you just took a big cut. 
so you got to you got to spend time and efforts on both client marketing and sort of painter slash subcontractor recruiting. Uh, so that's you know that's part of the goal set and review with each coach with each individual franchisee and their business plan is what that looks like. But the you know to to you know the double double is. Um, yeah, again, the, the further that you can get away as an owner from the line, uh, meaning, you know, doing estimates, landing work, but more coordinating quarterback in the whole thing, that's attractive to a lot of people. They just never really thought how to do this. So I fell, I kind of fell into this um, kind of double-double or territory manager model in 1996. I was living in Boston and I've had a, I had a recruiting background, right? I was recruiting sort of pro and pro tech people. So I knew what I was looking for. And I found uh, three people in the Boston area and they became uh, territory managers. And I went from, you know, a decent volume of revenue to like triple that in like a year. And I went, wow, did I fall? Did I just find the golden nugget here, the shiny coin, anything like that? And I went, that is the model. If I can do it, anybody can, you know, I'm not the smart, the sharpest knife in the drawer. Um, yeah. I got a lot of, and I got a lot of scars to prove it. But uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was the model that I went, wow, we could replicate this. And certain people just grab it and run. Wow, that, that was, I never thought that I should do it this way. I thought I would be an owner operator. And I'm going to be, you know, driving to estimates for the next 20 years. And I'm like, no, no, think, think like you're the desk jockey and you've got three or four or two or three or whatever it is, people out there, divide your territory up into smaller sections, run them like mini franchisees within or franchise units within your big unit and, yeah. uh, and, and, and really watch your sales grow. Wow. So, but that's, yeah. that's not the easiest sell, right? It's a, uh, yeah. You know, but it takes leadership. And that's, you know, the, one of the you know, number of things I told you earlier about uh, the, you know, the skills or preferences or traits that a, a good owner needs. Leadership is, is top of the line. Yeah. They got to have yeah. that. They got to have that. Yeah. And I, and I think that's, well, and one would think that's maybe why they're looking to start a business of their own sometimes. You know, they have that background. They have, they have the need to, uh, to lead. Uh, but that's key. And so, and the idea, the, the, the concept of, you know, going, you know, mul multiple tiers, I guess. I don't know if there's a word, but just learning how to kind of remove yourself a degree or two from, you know, the, the lower levels of executing the business, right? Yeah. And it gives you more flexibility to do the things that many, many probably want to do, which is one, earn more, serve more people, but, you know, have the, the I don't know, it, it's, it's gratifying to, to bring people in and let them become successful too, right? Because you get to see other people doing their work really well. And, and again, you can help more people be successful if you grow that way versus grinding it out as you, as I think we were talking earlier, it could be pretty hard if you're doing everything yourself and not learning to uh, show others how to do it. So yeah. that's amazing. Well, listen, um, I appreciate you being on, on the show today. And before we wrap up, I always like to ask, especially guys like you, um, you know, is there any advice that you would give uh, others like you, other other emerging franchise brands, right? Yep. Um, or potential folks that might be thinking about starting a franchise, whatever you want to pick. You can pick one or both or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, you being this entrepreneur, for any entrepreneurs out there thinking about, well, gosh, I, I want to grow this, this idea and I, I've been doing so well. Uh, you know, I, what's this franchising thing, right? Like, maybe I'll do that. 
Uh, any advice though to these kinds of people? Any way you want to take that? Uh, and and also, was there like a mentor? Uh, you said you like R and D, right? So was there is there something you really have leaned on over the years? Methodologies, a book, some kind of training you went through, a coach. Tell me, is there something like that you could share with the audience? Well, that would be great. I'll answer that question first, and then we'll go back to the other one. So yeah, I have okay. plenty, plenty of mentors. Uh, my early days in the early 80s of running my college pro painters business, some of the people I worked with then either uh, friends, because we were in doing this together. And, you know, before I had even heard of a peer group, I was using my own peer groups to really help me support or they're supporting me and, and myself then, right? We all get together over a beer and, you know, here's my issues. And they say, I just had that issue. Try this. So that was good. So I had many, many, and it's still do today. I have uh, many of those same people, about a dozen of them from my early 80s days. We get on a Zoom call and uh, just shoot the breeze. Uh, so those are my mentors, uh, just people I've worked with and for over the years um are are important to me i'm a i'm a huge sports guy and i was mentioning jury early i can't stop coaching uh i coached <laughs> i was certified to coach uh, basketball and hockey to the collegiate level uh i played college basketball and uh and i i i still do uh i coach golf uh, my son is a, a college level player and uh, I, I, I worked with him since day one, but just many people, uh, I understand the, the golf swing. So I love to coach. Um, so those are some of my, what I, what I really like to do. And, um, you know, but there's many people along the way that, uh, you know, in some way, shape or form, I've taken a little bit from a lot of people, no real particular book, some movies, I mean, I'm a big Hoosiers fan, right? Have you watched yeah. the movie? Yeah. I did. I get jacked up every time I've seen it a hundred times, but Gene, Gene Hackman. Yeah. And I, I absolutely, I saw that with my son, my three-year-old son, like, and it was old, an older movie then, but I remember he loved it. He was into basketball as a little kid. And we watched that over and over because he just loved it. And and I was just like, this is a good movie. I remember I hadn't seen it for a while. Yeah. <laughs> so I enjoyed watching it, but what a great movie. Awesome. And I movie. went through a lot of uh, my old boss at college pro painters did an amazing job with spending money on me and others on professional development. Uh, so I've learned many, you know, modules and techniques. One of my favorite one that I try to teach everybody is the, um, Ken Blanchard, situational leadership. If you if you learn that one the first day, you, for the rest of your life, you'll go okay. Um, I can tell, sell, participate, delegate. Where do these people fit uh, in that grid? And uh, that's one of the first modules at every training session. Uh, and it's not just for me, but every brand should have that. So they uh, that's it's a separate language. It's nothing too difficult, right? Yeah. I, I, I work with uh, Tara Riley, who's the president and I, she knew the model anyway, but she'll say some things like, Wayne, I'm going to S one you on that. Well, I know that is tell, uh, I don't, <laughs> I, I don't have any feedback or comment. She's telling me I need that done. And, uh, yeah. so when, when you could, uh, implement that. So there's just so many, I, I can't give credit to any, I got, it's a big bucket of people that uh, I've leaned on and, and still lean on for, uh, for things. And give me the first question again. I, I, yeah, well, just, uh, I think you, you had some tips mixed into that answer, but I was just saying, did you have any advice? Let's oh, leave yeah, it as yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, for, yeah, for emerging brands, you know, that yeah. are trying to get to this momentum that you're, you've been so good at creating. Yeah. 
Well, if you're a franchisee, you need to determine, do you, are you a service person or a retail, you know, kind of a, 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 a brick and mortar? So find that out. Uh, do your research on the brand. Really do an inner look at yourself, like what your own skills are. Don't overestimate your own skills because they will come out in the, if you, when you sign that franchise agreement, now we're going to really find out, are you coachable? What your leadership is, you know, how organized you are. Uh, so really know your, yourself and what you think uh, you're good at. Uh, um, and then find the market that, uh, you know, uh, the, the, no demographics. Uh, if you're, you know, I'm home service mostly. So I'm always looking for the area of wealth, you know, new car purchasers, college educated, how old the houses are, what the income is around there. We're a sales and marketing company. So let's find where the fish are biting uh, and, you know, and just continue to, to work there. So that's what I would suggest to people as you're looking at a brand, uh, sort of, you know, do a little deeper dive in that. Uh, don't just take the numbers on a page. I'll give you a quick story. Um, we put an initial Serta Pro Painters guy in Frederick, Maryland, and he was not off to a good start. If you do the look at the demographics on Frederick, Maryland, it's a you know it's a community or a bedroom town to DC. It's outstanding. Well, his numbers are horrible. I go out to visit him, and I said, "Take me to your best territory, your best zip code." He does. It's a forest of aluminum siding with one wood post out the front of every house, and I went. Well, we're mostly an exterior business, you know, bad on bad on us for not knowing, uh, you know, what the, what the housing stock is. Uh, so, you know, back in the day, you would have a realtor book that you'd pick up at the front of the 7-Eleven, right? You'd look through, oh, oh, these are houses for sale. And you could identify kind of what the house should look like. Now you could go to realtor.com. And if you weren't sure, you could say to your franchise development person, you know, this is what I'm looking at. Uh, do you think this would fit a fresh coat? uh market so those are some things you should they should be doing yeah, exactly key things right key thing. you don't you don't find out later that you should have asked that question yeah. you don't want it to be a should have asked question you want it to be an asked question so that that's uh that's brilliant i appreciate that wayne thank you so much for sharing uh, your insights with our audience today i appreciate it yeah no problem i i appreciate the time and uh you know if you're looking to do this again i'm always available absolutely going to say that. And before I do end it, I would like to say, is there a place that folks can go? Certainly uh, any consumers, but if they're interested in potentially becoming uh, or looking into becoming an owner, is there a place they should go or they can look online? Yeah, I would just say yeah, the freshcoatpainters.com uh, would be the, the main site. You'd find a uh, you know, uh, franchise development uh, section and uh, meander through that uh, and you know, submit your name. Uh, and there's other places, some of the uh, portals, uh, Franchise Gator, you know, other ones like that, uh, you could find uh, Fresh Coat. So. You got it. Sounds good. Well, once again, thank you. And I hope to talk to you again soon. Okay, appreciate your time.